0: Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. There
1: is a love that propels you, inspires you, motivates you, pushes you on. There is a love that cannot be contained by your heart, and it's called the first love.
0: And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Today we'll be looking at one of the seven churches in Revelation that God had a very important message for. But before we begin, how many of those churches can you name?
1: Let's go to church!
0: You're recording me
1: right now. Uh, I can't. No. Oh, wow. Laodicea. Uh, Pergamum, Laodicea. Ephesus. Pergamum something. I got. I got nothing. No idea. (laughs) There's one with an S, right? Oh, Sardis! I'm spacing.
0: I think I'm stuck. Okay, this is Cantonese. Seven Church.
1: Laodicea, Thyatira. Oh my goodness, Sardis. I think that's it, man. The church at Philippi. Ephesus is not one of them. Oh, Ephesus is one of them. Okay. Laodicea, Philadelphia. And Smyrna and Sardis.
0: Laodicea, <laughs> Colossi.
1: I don't know. Not coming to me. I mean it's all going blank right now. Epheso, Pergamo, Tiatira, Laodicea, Sardis, Philadelphia. Smyrna.
0: That's right. Smyrna. Can we do it again?
1: As a little round church in the day.
0: Well, welcome to the bonus round of Bold Steps. That was a tough quiz, Mark Job. That was a very tough quiz, but you yeah. know, some of them did really well. They did, yeah. Did I hear some Chinese in there? <laughs> and, and some Spanish. You would have recognized I the Spanish. I recognize
1: right? some Spanish. Bergamo, Ephesio.
0: <laughs> Can you name all seven without looking at the list in front of you?
1: Now that's the challenge, <laughs> okay, right? Okay, I won't put
0: you on the spot. All right.
1: But you know what? Let's run
0: through the seven churches. We're going to talk about one of them today in your message, but of course, Ephesus is number one. One.
1: Yes, Ephesus. We're starting with Ephesus, which is a, a, a compelling one because it's. I think a lot of us have heard of this. The, this is the church where the Spirit says, "Yeah, you have a lot of good things, but you've lost your first love." Yeah,
0: and that's sad. Just to keep us all honest, let's uh, let's mention the seven churches: Ephesus, Smyrna,
1: Smyrna, Pergamum. Is that how you pronounce y- it? Yes, Pergamum, Thyatira. Sardis, Philadelphia, and the lukewarm church Laodicea.
0: Well, in this series, Mark, you'll talk about Ephesus and Sardis and Laodicea. We won't get to all seven in the series, but let's start with Ephesus today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job.
1: These letters are somewhat unnerving. How would you like to get a letter from God evaluating your spiritual life? The God that sees all things in secret and in open, he knows your thoughts and he knows your attitudes and your hearts, and help me, Lord, he knows how you drive. <laughs> I just had a terrible experience recently because I, I was on the expressway driving into uh, our Lincoln Park campus for our nine o'clock service, and I was a little distracted and I was going a little fast. Fast on the expressway, and my mirror was down because I have kids in my car, and so how many of you parents point your mirror at your back seat instead of back there? So mine was pointed at my back seat, and I didn't realize I was being tailgated by a state trooper for a while with his lights going on, and I thought I saw a flash, and then I realized, "Uh uh-oh, he's behind me, and I wondered, how long has he been behind me? So I glanced down at the speedometer and sure enough, I was going a little over the speed limit. Don't ask me how far, that's between me and God and the state trooper. (laughs) And so I pulled over and he comes to the window and rolls down and I'm saying, sir, I I didn't know you were behind me, I'm so sorry. I'm pulling out my insurance card. And he looks at me, I kind of look at him like we know each other, don't we? And he says to me, pastor? (laughs) Uh, I said, yeah, I'm a little late. I'm a little late to church. He said, oh, this is awkward. Hey, I want you to know I didn't try to talk my way out of a ticket. I didn't say have mercy. I'm your pat. I didn't say anything like that. I was ready for any consequences. And he said, all right, all right, pastor, go in God's speed. Now, I I think he said God's speed just to throw me off because the whole trip I'm thinking, what does God's speed mean? Was he just saying, go with God's blessing or was he telling me, hey, go in the speed that God convicts you to go in? He he was messing with my mind. (laughs) But there are areas in all of our lives that God is seeking to sanctify. He, he, he's seeking, and we believe that this is our season, that this is our time, that this is the moment that God is saying before God can do great things or manifest his power, first of all, there has to be a cleansing within his people, an inward look, an introspection among the people of God that examines their soul and says, God, if you were to pour out your power, is my soul and my spirit and my heart ready for it? Uh, Revelation chapter 2, there's a letter written by the Spirit of God through the hand of John the Apostle from the island of Patmos in which he received this revelation. I've been to the island of Patmos and uh, it's a beautiful island right now. But John wrote this letter inspired by the Spirit of God and he wrote to seven churches. these were somewhat of a report card on the condition and the state of those churches. Now, Ephesus, if you know anything about Ephesus, Ephesus, the church of Ephesus started in revival. I mean, it's quite a story. You can read it in Acts chapter 19, what happened in Ephesus. Ephesus was this big cultural and religious center of the day. The temple of Diana was one of the seven known wonders of the world. There were 127 pillars that were seven foot high. People migrated from all over to uh, visit and venerate the goddess of fertility, which really ended up being sexual immorality, even in their act of worship. But the apostle Paul, this fiery, committed, convert who had experienced the power of God in his life. He he went to the city of Ephesus and he ran into some believers that were disciples of John and he asked them if they had received the Holy Spirit and they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so uh, Paul prayed for them and the power of God fell upon this gathering of believers and revival started in that place. In fact, if you read in Acts chapter 19, you'll read that The the power of God was manifest with so much strength that they were taking handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched the apostle Paul and those handkerchiefs and aprons were touch other people and healings were happening because of that. If I saw that on TV these days, I would chalk it up to weirdos. But this was Legitimate. The power of God was manifest there. People were experiencing healing and deliverance and there was a buzz in the air about the power of God that that this supernatural God had come to Ephesus. The temple of Diana that had attracted so many people, they were in an uproar. The Bible tells us that there were a couple uh uh, men in those days that had heard about the power of Jesus. They were called the sons of Siva. And there were seven of them And they decided that they would capitalize on the deliverance power of Jesus. And so they started their own exorcism business, Siva Exorcism Incorporated, where they went around saying, if you have a demon, we'll cast it out in Jesus' name. And they didn't even know Jesus, but they heard of the power of Jesus. And then they ran into a demon that was a little smart. And the demon said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the Bible says that this demon-possessed individual jumped on these seven sons, battered them up, and they ran out naked and wounded. I mean, things like that were happening. The, the gospel began to spread with so much power that a bunch of sorcerers and witch doctors that had practiced black magic and, and done their voodoo stuff over the people became so convicted that they took their parchments with all of their sorceries and incantations, and they brought it to the street, and there was a massive bonfire. They burned hundreds of thousands of dollars, their business. They, they burned it there, and they wept, and they they repented and they turned around. So much was the stir of the city that the idol makers began to get nervous. The syndicate, the union that all the idol makers belonged to started saying, hey, this is going to take away our business. They they worship an invisible God. They don't have statues. They don't have idols. We're going to go bankrupt if this thing spreads. And so they gathered thousands of people within the great amphitheater in Ephesus and thousands of people chanted, great is Diana, long live Diana, bring to us those traitors. And I love Paul's boldness. The Bible says that Paul saw the crowd and he said, let me at them. I want to preach the gospel And only because of these men held them back and said, no, don't, they're gonna kill you. They convinced him not to go to that amphitheater. The gospel was exploding. It was in the midst of this environment that the church of Ephesus was born. Paul spent three years in Ephesus teaching, uh, instructing, making disciples. There was a book called the book of Ephesians that was written to them. And we can tell from the letters of Ephesians that this was a mature, strong, stable church that was well-grounded, that they were going somewhere, that God was doing something among them. Uh, people would have looked at that moment and said, hey, the world will cannot contain this church. This is a church that's going to make a difference. Impact the nations. Turn the cities around. That's how they started. But now 30 years had elapsed since their beginning. How many of you know that a lot happens in 30 years? Oh boy. A lot happens. It was... 23 years ago that I met with a group of 18 people on the corner of 44th and Polina, as we initiated what has now come to be called New Life Community Church. Not quite 30 years ago, but, but hey, it's getting close. It's getting close. And, and something happened there. This was not the same church they had started in the fires of revival. Oh, it was still a good church, don't get me wrong. It still had a great reputation among the nations and people still went there. But I, I want you to see what the Spirit of God says to this church. It says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus right. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not, and have found them false. You have persevered, you have endured hardship for not my name's sake, and you have not grown weary." I mean, the first part of this report card is great. He commends them on three things. He commends them, first of all, on their hard work. These were no slouches. I mean, they knew what it meant to come to God, and they had been trained well by the apostle Paul. I mean, they worked hard. They made disciples. Their ministry was humming. People got there early to set up chairs. They had a prayer ministry. I mean, their tech team was on the ball. They were working hard at everything that they were doing. No one could accuse them of being lazy. What they did, they did well, and they did with a lot of energy the second thing he commends them on is that they had persevered it had been 30 years there had been opposition there had been obstacles there had been people that had defamed them there had been rumors there had been persecution there had been challenges and they had not given up they had stuck in there Uh, they had it says hupomone which means that they had continued on in the face of adversity they had persevered i mean they were no quitters they were no slouches.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, a message about the church at Ephesus from the book of Revelation. Stay with us as we go deeper into this spiritual wake-up call to the church from Jesus himself. Just a brief reminder that today's lesson and all of Mark's messages heard on Bold Steps Weekend are available for streaming online. Head over to boldstepsweekend.org for a full archive of messages that will help equip and encourage you in your faith journey. Again, go to BoldStepsWeekend.org. Or if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast where you can listen to these messages anytime and anywhere you go. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. Well, now back to Jesus' message to the Church of Ephesus. Here again is Mark Job with Bold Steps Weekend.
1: You were saved and you knew you were saved. You were transformed and baptized and, 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 and delivered and changed. And, and, and none of your family, many of your family members thought you were whacking out in some religious cult because you took your Bible and you believed and you were living it. And, and, and it's been real and it's been powerful and it's been a major life transformation for you. But some years have gone by. Hey, it's been 10, 15 years since that happened in your life. Uh, Now you have kids and you're raising them. And some uh, some of our kids, all they've known is church life. You see, they grew up in the church. They never knew a time when you were out there drunk or high. They never heard those sailor words that used to come out of your mouth so much. You know what? They've been going to Sunday school and they've been in a and they've had to put the patch on their, uh, on their little thing for the verses they memorized and they know the choruses and they've been to Soul Purpose and they've seen the baptisms and you see they've grown up with it. They've grown up in the culture. Hey, let me tell you, what a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing that they haven't had to experience so much that so many other people have. Yet I want to tell you something. There's a danger in that as well. Because if you grow up in it, it's part of life. Uh, Some of your kids can't remember a time when they didn't believe in Jesus. Jesus. But there's not been that dramatic conversion at times that you experienced. They haven't necessarily seen that revival that you saw, the firsthand miracles that you saw. And so they grow up and they see the culture and they see the people and they sort of become a little bit immune to it. And there has to come a point in in time in their lives, and I pray for my children all the time. God, may they have an encounter with you beyond me or this church. May they have an encounter with you that awakens their spiritual life in a way that is irrevocable, life-changing. They know your word, God, but they need a touch from on high of you. Every generation does. Every generation does. And what the Spirit of God was saying to this church is, hey, you're a good church. But there's something that has happened over the years, something that's alarmed the Spirit of God. In fact, something so deep that God feels so strongly about it that God says, if it doesn't change, I'm going to snuff out your light. Now, some scholars have argued about what that means. I don't believe God was going to kill them. Neither do I believe that God was going to shut them down as a church. But I believe that the Spirit of God was saying, if you don't come back to your first love, you may continue to exist as an organization but you will not have a real true spiritual light that transforms people radically how many of you know that churches can exist on and on and on but not really but but, but sometimes it's been years since they've lost their impact and so god says to these people these these people this generation he says to them You've lost, you've left your first love. And this is not like they had lost it. And then sometimes people say you've lost your first love. The word used here is you've walked away from your first love. You have departed from your first love. This was a series of decisions that you have made that has caused you to not to have the love that you had at one time. Now, what is a first love? Well, there's two things involved in this first love. There's the chronology of it, which means it's a Love you had at first, but also there's the priority of this love, the quality of the love. And both things are implied in this passage that the love that they had for Jesus and God at this time was different than their first love, the quality of it had decreased. You see, if I were to survey people, I think probably 99.9 percent, if I were to say, "Would well, do you love God? Do you love Jesus? You would give me a hearty. Of course I do. You I, I wouldn't be here, Pastor Mark, if I didn't love Jesus. Oh, sure, I got issues in my life and it's not perfect and I struggle sometimes, but I love God. And I don't doubt your love for God. But the warning, the challenge is this. What is the quality of that love? Because there's a love, there is a love. Oh, there is a love. There is a love that captures your heart. There is a love that motivates your spirit. There is a love that makes you weep when you aren't a weeper. There is a love that pushes you forward. There is a love that gives you a vision. There is a love that propels you, inspires you, motivates you, pushes you on. There is a love that burns with passion. There is a love that has fire inside of it. There is a love that cannot be contained by your heart, and it's called the first love. That is the kind of love that the Spirit of God is searching for, longing for, looking for, desiring a first kind of love in our heart.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, a message from Mark Job, and we're in this series called Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. If you missed any of today's message or another from this series, you can replay it online at boldstepsweekend.org. And we encourage you to make it a point to follow us over the next several weekends as Mark equips and encourages you to move beyond the shallow waters of Christianity and dive deeper into what God wants for you and your life. You may also want to check out some of the faith-building resources we're offering like this month's Bold Action Gift, an encouraging book that goes hand in hand with our current series. And Mark is back to tell us more about
1: this. You know, Wayne, fear can be paralyzing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recently, um, I found out that there was the possibility that my little young grandson could have a disease. And we were just paralyzed, my wife and I, over the fact that he could have a deadly disease The first thing we did was go to prayer. And there was a peace that came on us, but we still had to pray through it. We're
0: introducing Trillia Newbell's groundbreaking new book, Fear and Faith. Trillia shares profound insights and practical strategies to confront your fears head-on and guide you toward a life marked with courage and conviction and unwavering faith.
1: You know, I love Trillia. I've met her. I love her spirit and her attitude. And I could tell that she's someone that probably has had to confront some fears and travel along with faith in it. I know that I have so many times in life. It's not just about not having fear. It's about when I'm in the midst of fear, grabbing onto my faith that pulls me through.
0: We love Trillia and her message. So we're giving away a copy of Fear and Faith as our exclusive Bold Action Gift. Request your copy of Fear and Faith, and we'll send it to your door when you give a gift of any amount to Bold Steps Weekend. And you can easily give your one-time gift online by visiting BoldStepsWeekend.org. Or you can donate over the phone by calling us at 866-535-5580. As always, if it's easier, you can send your check in the mail. Just address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And if you'd like to find even more Bold Steps content, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute, where you'll get daily inspiration and biblical teaching from Mark in under a minute. To begin listening, simply visit boldstepsminute.org or subscribe through your podcast app to receive these helpful teachings automatically onto your phone. And one final addition we really think you'd enjoy is the new Bold Steps YouTube channel, where you'll find exclusive videos of Mark's teaching brand new updates on ministry events, and much more. So hop onto YouTube, search for Bold Steps Radio, and subscribe today. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back next time when together we'll take more Bold Steps on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.